Chapter Nine of Father Goriot by Honoré de Balzac, translated by Ellen Marriage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Chapter Nine. Fifteen hundred francs and as many suits of clothes as he chose to order. At that moment, the poor child of the South felt no more doubts of any kind. The young man went down to breakfast with the indefinable air which the consciousness of the possession of money gives to youth. No sooner are the coins slipped into a student's pocket than his wealth, in imagination at least, is piled into a fantastic column which affords him a moral support. He begins to hold up his head as he walks. He is conscious that he has a means of bringing his powers to bear on a given point. He looks you straight in the face. His gestures are quick and decided. Only yesterday he was diffident and shy. Anyone might have pushed him aside. Tomorrow he will take the wall of a prime minister. A miracle has been wrought in him. Nothing is beyond the reach of his ambition, and his ambition soars at random. He is light-hearted, generous, and enthusiastic. In short, the fledgling bird has discovered that he has wings. A poor student snatches at every chance pleasure, much as a dog runs all sorts of risks to steal a bone, cracking it and sucking the marrow as he flies from pursuit. But a young man who can rattle a few runaway gold coins in his pocket can take his pleasure deliberately, can taste the whole of the sweets of secure possession. He soars far above earth. He has forgotten what the word poverty means. All Paris is his. Those are days when the whole world shines radiant with light, when everything glows and sparkles before the eyes of youth, days that bring joyous energy that is never brought into harness, days of debts and of painful fears that go hand in hand with every delight. Those who do not know the left bank of the Seine between the Rue Saint-Jacques and the Rue de Saint-Père know nothing of life. Ah, if the women of Paris but knew, said Rastignac, as he devoured Madame Vauquer's stewed pears at five for a penny, they would come here in search of a lover. Just then a porter from the Messagerie Royale appeared at the door of the room. They had previously heard the bell ring as the wicket opened to admit him. The man asked for Monsieur Eugène de Rastignac, holding out two bags for him to take, and a form of receipt for his signature. Vautrin's keen glance cut Eugène like a lash. "'Now you will be able to pay for those fencing lessons and go to the shooting gallery,' he said. "'Your ship has come in,' said Madame Vauquer, eyeing the bags. Mademoiselle Michonneau did not dare to look at the money, for fear her eyes should betray her cupidity.' "'You have a kind mother,' said Madame Couture. "'You have a kind mother, sir,' echoed Poiret. "'Yes, mamma has been drained dry,' said Vautrin. "'And now you can have your fling, go into society, and fish for heiresses, and dance with countesses who have peach-blossom in their hair. But take my advice, young man, and don't neglect your pistol practice.' Vautrin struck an attitude as if he were facing an antagonist. Rastignac, meaning to give the porter a tip, felt in his pockets and found nothing. Vautrin flung down a franc piece on the table. "'Your credit is good,' he remarked, eyeing the student, and Rastignac was forced to thank him, though since the sharp encounter of wits at dinner that day after Eugène came in from calling on Madame de Beauséant, 
he had made up his mind that vautrin was insufferable for a week in fact they had both kept silence in each other's presence and watched each other the student tried in vain to account to himself for this attitude an idea of course gains in force by the energy with which it is expressed it strikes where the brain sends it by a law as mathematically exact as the law that determines the course of a shell from a mortar the amount of impression it makes is not to be determined so exactly sometimes in an impressible nature the idea works havoc but there are no less natures so robustly protected that this sort of projectile falls flat and harmless on skulls of triple brass as cannon-shot against solid masonry then there are flaccid and spongy-fibred natures into which ideas from without sink like spent bullets into the earthworks of a redoubt rastignac's head was something of the powder magazine order the least shock sufficed to bring about an explosion he was too quick too young not to be readily accessible to ideas and open to that subtle influence of thought and feeling in others which causes so many strange phenomena that make an impression upon us of which we are all unconscious at the time nothing escaped his mental vision he was lynx-eyed in him the mental powers of perception which seem like duplicates of the senses had the mysterious power of swift projection that astonishes us in intellects of a high order slingers who are quick to detect the weak spot in any armor in the past month eugene's good qualities and defects had rapidly developed with his character intercourse with the world and the endeavor to satisfy his growing desires had brought out his defects but rastignac came from the south side of the loire and had the good qualities of his countrymen he had the impetuous courage of the south that rushes to the attack of a difficulty as well as the southern impatience of delay or suspense these traits are held to be defects in the north they made the fortune of murat but they likewise cut short his career the moral would appear to be that when the dash and boldness of the south side of the loire meets in a southern temperament with the guile of the north the character is complete and such a man will gain and keep the crown of sweden rastignac therefore could not stand the fire from vautrin's batteries for long without discovering whether this was a friend or a foe he felt as if this strange being was reading his inmost soul and dissecting his feelings while vautrin himself was so close and secretive that he seemed to have something of the profound and unmoved serenity of a sphinx seeing and hearing all things and saying nothing eugene conscious of that money in his pocket grew rebellious be so good as to wait a moment he said to vautrin as the latter rose after slowly emptying his coffee-cup sip by sip what for inquired the older man as he put on his large-brimmed hat and took up the sword-cane that he was wont to twirl like a man who will face three or four footpads without flinching i will repay you in a minute returned eugene he unsealed one of the bags as he spoke counted out a hundred and forty francs and pushed them towards madame vauquer 
short reckonings make good friends he added turning to the widow that clears our accounts till the end of the year can you give me change for a five-franc piece good friends make short reckonings echoed poiret with a glance at vautrin here is your franc said rastignac holding out the coin to the sphinx in the black wig any one might think that you were afraid to owe me a trifle exclaimed this latter with a searching glance that seemed to read the young man's inmost thoughts there was a satirical and cynical smile on vautrin's face such as eugene had seen scores of times already every time he saw it it exasperated him almost beyond endurance well so i am he answered he held both the bags in his hand and had risen to go up to his room vautrin made as if he were going out through the sitting-room and the student turned to go through the second door that opened into the square lobby at the foot of the staircase do you know monsieur le marquis de rastignacorama that what you were saying just now was not exactly polite vautrin remarked as he rattled his sword-cane across the panels of the sitting-room door and came up to the student rastignac looked coolly at vautrin drew him to the foot of the staircase and shut the dining-room door they were standing in the little square lobby between the kitchen and the dining-room the place was lighted by an iron-barred fan-light above a door that gave access into the garden sylvie came out of her kitchen and eugene chose that moment to say monsieur vautrin i am not a marquis and my name is not rastignacorama they will fight said mademoiselle michonneau in an indifferent tone fight echoed poiret not they replied madame vauquer lovingly fingering her pile of coins but there they are under the lime-trees cried mademoiselle victorine who had risen so that she might see out into the garden poor young man he was in the right after all we must go upstairs my pet said madame couture it is no business of ours at the door however madame couture and victorine found their progress barred by the portly form of sylvie the cook whatever can have happened she said monsieur vautrin said to monsieur eugene let us have an explanation then he took him by the arm and there they are out among the artichokes vautrin came in while she was speaking mamma vauquer he said smiling don't frighten yourself at all i am only going to try my pistols under the lime-trees oh monsieur cried victorine clasping her hands as she spoke why do you want to kill monsieur eugene vautrin stepped back a pace or two and gazed at victorine oh this is something fresh he exclaimed in a bantering tone that brought the color into the poor girl's face that young fellow yonder is very nice isn't he he went on you have given me a notion my pretty child i will make you both happy madame couture laid her arm on the arm of her ward and drew the girl away as she said in her ear why victorine i cannot imagine what has come over you this morning i don't want any shots fired in my garden said madame vauquer you will frighten the neighborhood and bring the police up here all in a moment come keep cool maman vauquer answered vautrin there there it's all right we will go to the shooting gallery he went back to rastignac laying his hand familiarly on the young man's arm 
when i have given you ocular demonstration of the fact that i can put a bullet through the ace on a card five times running at thirty-five paces he said that won't take away your appetite i suppose you look to me to be inclined to be a trifle quarrelsome this morning and as if you would rush on your death like a blockhead do you draw back asked eugene don't try to raise my temperature answered vautrin it is not cold this morning let us go and sit over there he added pointing to the green-painted garden seats no one can overhear us i want a little talk with you you are not a bad sort of youngster and i have no quarrel with you i like you take trump confound it take vautrin's word for it what makes me like you i will tell you by and by meantime i can tell you that i know you as well as if i had made you myself as i will prove to you in a minute put down your bags he continued pointing to the round table rastignac deposited his money on the table and sat down he was consumed with curiosity which the sudden change in the manner of the man before him had excited to the highest pitch here was a strange being who a moment ago had talked of killing him and now posed as his protector you would like to know who i really am what i was and what i do now vautrin went on you want to know too much youngster come come keep cool you will hear more astonishing things than that i have had my misfortunes just hear me out first and you shall have your turn afterwards here is my past in three words who am i vautrin what do i do just what i please let us change the subject you want to know my character i am good-natured to those who do me a good turn or to those whose hearts speak to mine these last may do anything they like with me they may bruise my shins and i shall not tell them to mind what they are about but non d'une pipe the devil himself is not an uglier customer than i can be if people annoy me or if i don't happen to take to them and you may just as well know at once that i think no more of killing a man than of that and he spat before him as he spoke only when it is absolutely necessary to do so i do my best to kill him properly i am what you call an artist i have read benvenuto cellini's memoirs such as you see me and what is more in italian a fine-spirited fellow he was from him i learned to follow the example set us by providence who strikes us down at random and to admire the beautiful whenever and wherever it is found and setting other questions aside is it not a glorious part to play when you pit yourself against mankind and the luck is on your side i have thought a good deal about the constitution of your present social disorder a duel is downright childish my boy utter nonsense and folly when one of two living men must be got out of the way none but an idiot would leave chance to decide which it is to be and in a duel it is a toss-up heads or tails and there you are now i for instance can hit the ace in the middle of a card five times running send one bullet after another through the same hole and at thirty-five paces moreover with that little accomplishment you might think yourself certain of killing your man mightn't you well i have fired at twenty paces and missed 
and the rogue who had never handled a pistol in his life look here he unbuttoned his waistcoat and exposed his chest covered like a bear's back with a shaggy fell the student gave a startled shudder he was a raw lad but he made his mark on me the extraordinary man went on drawing rastignac's fingers over a deep scar on his breast but that happened when i myself was a mere boy i was one and twenty then your age and i had some beliefs left in a woman's love and in a pack of rubbish that you will be over head and ears in directly you and i were to have fought just now weren't we you might have killed me suppose that i were put under the earth where would you be you would have to clear out of this go to switzerland draw on papa's purse and he has none too much in it as it is i mean to open your eyes to your real position that is what i am going to do but i shall do it from the point of view of a man who after studying the world very closely sees that there are but two alternatives stupid obedience or revolt i obey nobody is that clear now do you know how much you will want at the pace you are going a million and promptly too or that little head of ours will be swaying to and fro in the dragnets at st cloud while we are gone to find out whether or no there is a supreme being i will put you in the way of that million he stopped for a moment and looked at eugene aha you do not look so sourly at papa vautrin now at the mention of the million you look like a young girl when somebody has said i will come for you this evening and she betakes herself to her toilette as a cat licks its whiskers over a saucer of milk all right come now let us go into the question young man all between ourselves you know we have a papa and mamma down yonder a great aunt two sisters aged eighteen and seventeen two young brothers one fifteen and the other ten that is about the roll-call of the crew the aunt brings up the two sisters the cure comes and teaches the boys latin boiled chestnuts are oftener on the table than white bread papa makes a suit of clothes last a long while if mamma has a different dress winter and summer it is about as much as she has the sisters manage as best they can i know all about it i have lived in the south that is how things are at home they send you twelve hundred francs a year and the whole property only brings in three thousand francs all told we have a cook and a manservant papa is a baron and we must keep up appearances then we have our ambitions we are connected with the beauseance and we go afoot through the streets we want to be rich and we have not a penny we eat madame vauquer's messes and we like grand dinners in the faubourg saint germain we sleep on a truckle bed and dream of a mansion i do not blame you for wanting these things what sort of men do the women run after men of ambition men of ambition have stronger frames their blood is richer in iron their hearts are warmer than those of ordinary men women feel that when their power is greatest they look their best and that those are their happiest hours they like power in men and prefer the strongest even if it is a power that may be their own destruction 
i am going to make an inventory of your desires in order to put the question at issue before you here it is we are as hungry as a wolf and those newly cut teeth of ours are sharp what are we to do to keep the pot boiling in the first place we have the code to browse upon it is not amusing and we are none the wiser for it but that cannot be helped so far so good we mean to make an advocate of ourselves with a prospect of one day being made president of a court of assize when we shall send poor devils our betters to the galleys with a t f travel force forced labor on their shoulders so that the rich may be convinced that they can sleep in peace there is no fun in that and you are a long while coming to it for to begin with there are two years of nauseous drudgery in paris we see all the lollipops that we long for out of our reach it is tiresome to want things and never to have them if you were a pallid creature of the mollusk order you would have nothing to fear but it is different when you have the hot blood of a lion and are ready to get into a score of scrapes every day of your life this is the ghastliest form of torture known in this inferno of god's making and you will give in to it or suppose that you are a good boy drink nothing stronger than milk and bemoan your hard lot you with your generous nature will endure hardships that would drive a dog mad and make a start after long waiting as deputy to some rascal or other in a hole of a place where the government will fling you a thousand francs a year like the scraps that are thrown to the butcher's dog mark at thieves plead the cause of the rich send men of heart to the guillotine that is your work many thanks if you have no influence you may rot in your provincial tribunal at thirty you will be a justice with twelve hundred francs a year if you have not flung off the gown for good before then by the time you are forty you may look to marry a miller's daughter an heiress with some six thousand livres a year much obliged if you have influence you may possibly be a public prosecutor by the time you are thirty with a salary of a thousand crowns you could look to marry the mayor's daughter some petty piece of political trickery such as mistaking vielle for manuel in a bulletin the names rhyme and that quiets your conscience and you will probably be a procureur general by the time you are forty with a chance of becoming a deputy please to observe my dear boy that our conscience will have been a little damaged in the process and that we shall endure twenty years of drudgery and hidden poverty and that our sisters are wearing diana's livery i have the honor to call your attention to another fact to wit that there are but twenty procureurs généraux at a time in all france while there are some twenty thousand of you young men who aspire to that elevated position that there are some mountebanks among you who would sell their family to screw their fortunes a peg higher if this sort of thing sickens you try another course the baron de rastignac thinks of becoming an advocate does he there's a nice prospect for you ten years of drudgery straight away 
you are obliged to live at the rate of a thousand francs a month you must have a library of law books live in chambers go into society go down on your knees to ask a solicitor for briefs lick the dust off the floor of the palais de justice if this kind of business led to anything i should not say no but just give me the names of five advocates here in paris who by the time that they are fifty are making fifty thousand francs a year bah i would sooner turn pirate on the high seas than have my soul shrivel up inside me like that how will you find the capital there is but one way marry a woman who has money there is no fun in it have you a mind to marry you hang a stone around your neck for if you marry for money what becomes of our exalted notions of honor and so forth you might as well fly in the face of social conventions at once is it nothing to crawl like a serpent before your wife to lick her mother's feet to descend to dirty actions that would sicken swine Pfft. never mind if you at least make your fortune but you will be as doleful as a dripstone if you marry for money it is better to wrestle with men than to wrangle at home with your wife you are at the crossway of the roads of life my boy choose your way but you have chosen already you have gone to see your cousin of beauseant and you have had an inkling of luxury you have been to madame de restaud's house and in father goriot's daughter you have seen a glimpse of the parisienne for the first time that day you came back with a word written on your forehead i knew it i could read it success yes success at any price bravo said i to myself here is the sort of fellow for me you wanted money where was it all to come from you have drained your sister's little hoard all brothers sponge more or less on their sisters those fifteen hundred francs of yours got together god knows how in a country where there are more chestnuts than five-franc pieces will slip away like soldiers after pillage and then what will you do shall you begin to work work or what you understand by work at this moment means for a man of poiret's calibre an old age in mamma vauquer's lodging-house there are fifty thousand young men in your position at this moment all bent as you are on solving one and the same problem how to acquire a fortune rapidly you are but a unit in that aggregate you can guess therefore what efforts you must make how desperate the struggle is there are not fifty thousand good positions for you you must fight and devour one another like spiders in a pot do you know how a man makes his way here by brilliant genius or by skilful corruption you must either cut your way through these masses of men like a cannon-ball or steal among them like a plague honesty is nothing to the purpose men bow before the power of genius they hate it and try to slander it because genius does not divide the spoil but if genius persists they bow before it to sum it all up in a phrase if they fail to smother genius in the mud they fall on their knees and worship it corruption is a great power in the world and talent is scarce so corruption is the weapon of superfluous mediocrity 
you will be made to feel the point of it everywhere you will see women who spend more than ten thousand francs a year on dress while their husband's salary his whole income is six thousand francs you will see officials buying estates on twelve thousand francs a year you will see women who sell themselves body and soul to drive in a carriage belonging to the son of a peer of france who has a right to drive in the middle rank at longchamp you have seen that poor simpleton of a gorio obliged to meet a bill with his daughter's name at the back of it though her husband has fifty thousand francs a year i defy you to walk a couple of yards anywhere in paris without stumbling on some infernal complication i'll bet my head to a head of that salad that you will stir up a hornet's nest by taking a fancy to the first young rich and pretty woman you meet they are all dodging the law all at loggerheads with their husbands if i were to begin to tell you all that vanity or necessity virtue is not often mixed up in it you may be sure all that vanity and necessity drive them to do for lovers finery housekeeping or children i should never come to an end so an honest man is the common enemy but do you know what an honest man is here in paris an honest man is the man who keeps his own counsel and will not divide the plunder i am not speaking now of those poor bond slaves who do the work of the world without a reward for their toil god almighty's outcasts i call them among them i grant you is virtue in all the flower of its stupidity but poverty is no less their portion at this moment i think i see the long faces those good folk would pull if god played a practical joke on them and stayed away at the last judgment well then if you mean to make a fortune quickly you must either be rich to begin with or make people believe that you are rich it is no use playing here except for high stakes once take to low play it is all up with you if in the scores of professions that are open to you there are ten men who rise very rapidly people are sure to call them thieves you can draw your own conclusions such is life it is no cleaner than a kitchen it reeks like a kitchen and if you mean to cook your dinner you must expect to soil your hands the real art is in getting them clean again and therein lies the whole morality of our epoch if i take this tone in speaking of the world to you i have the right to do so i know it well do you think that i am blaming it far from it the world has always been as it is now moralist strictures will never change it mankind are not perfect but one age is more or less hypocritical than another and then simpletons say that its morality is high or low i do not think that the rich are any worse than the poor man is much the same high or low or wherever he is in a million of these human cattle there may be half a score of bold spirits who rise above the rest above the laws i am one of them and you if you are cleverer than your fellows make straight to your end and hold your head high 
but you must lay your account with envy and slander and mediocrity and every man's hand will be against you napoleon met with a minister of war aubry by name who all but sent him to the colonies feel your pulse think whether you can get up morning after morning strengthened in yesterday's purpose in that case i will make you an offer that no one would decline listen attentively you see i have an idea of my own my idea is to live a patriarchal life on a vast estate say a hundred thousand acres somewhere in the southern states of america i mean to be a planter to have slaves to make a few snug millions by selling my cattle timber and tobacco i want to live an absolute monarch and to do just as i please to lead such a life as no one here in these squalid dens of lath and plaster ever imagines i am a great poet i do not write my poems i feel them and act them at this moment i have fifty thousand francs which might possibly buy forty negroes i want two hundred thousand francs because i want to have two hundred negroes to carry out my notions of the patriarchal life properly negroes you see are like a sort of family ready grown and there are no inquisitive public prosecutors out there to interfere with you that investment in ebony ought to mean three or four million francs in ten years time if i am successful no one will ask me who i am i shall be mr four millions an american citizen i shall be fifty years old by then and sound and hearty still i shall enjoy life after my own fashion in two words if i find you an heiress with a million will you give me two hundred thousand francs twenty per cent commission eh is that too much your little wife will be very much in love with you once married you will show signs of uneasiness and remorse for a couple of weeks you will be depressed then some night after sundry grimacings comes the confession between two kisses two hundred thousand francs of debts my darling this sort of farce is played every day in paris and by young men of the highest fashion when a young wife has given her heart she will not refuse her purse perhaps you are thinking that you will lose the money for good not you you will make two hundred thousand francs again by some stroke of business with your capital and your brains you should be able to accumulate as large a fortune as you could wish ergo in six months you will have made your own fortune and our old friend vautrin's and made an amiable woman very happy to say nothing of your people at home who must blow on their fingers to warm them in the winter for lack of firewood you need not be surprised at my proposal nor at the demand i make forty-seven out of every sixty great matches here in paris are made after just such a bargain as this the chamber of notaries compels my gentleman to what must i do said rastignac eagerly interrupting vautrin's speech next to nothing returned the other with a slight involuntary movement the suppressed exultation of the angler when he feels a bite at the end of his line follow me carefully the heart of a girl whose life is wretched and unhappy is a sponge that will thirstily absorb love 
a dry sponge that swells at the first drop of sentiment if you pay court to a young girl whose existence is a compound of loneliness despair and poverty and who has no suspicion that she will come into a fortune good lord it is quentin cator's at piquet it is knowing the numbers of the lottery beforehand it is speculating in the funds when you have news from a sure source it is building up a marriage on an indestructible foundation the girl may come in for millions and she will fling them as if they were so many pebbles at your feet take it my beloved take it alfred adolphe eugene or whoever it was that showed his sense by sacrificing himself for her and as for sacrificing himself this is how i understand it you sell a coat that is getting shabby so that you can take her to the cadran bleu treat her to mushrooms on toast and then go to the ambigu comique in the evening you pawn your watch to buy her a shawl i need not remind you of the fiddle-faddle sentimentality that goes down so well with all women you spill a few drops of water on your stationery for instance those are the tears you shed while far away from her you look to me as if you were perfectly acquainted with the argot of the heart paris you see is like a forest in the new world where you have to deal with a score of varieties of savages illinois and hurons who live on the proceed of their social hunting you are a hunter of millions you set your snares you use lures and nets there are many ways of hunting some hunt heiresses others a legacy some fish for souls yet others sell their clients bound hand and foot every one who comes back from the chase with his game-bag well filled meets with a warm welcome in good society in justice to this hospitable part of the world it must be said that you have to do with the most easy and good-natured of great cities if the proud aristocracies of the rest of europe refuse admittance among their ranks to a disreputable millionaire paris stretches out a hand to him goes to his banquets eats his dinners and hobnobs with his infamy but where is such a girl to be found asked eugene under your eyes she is yours already mademoiselle victorine precisely and what was that you said she is in love with you already your little baronne de rastignac she has not a penny eugene continued much mystified ah now we are coming to it just another word or two and it will all be clear enough her father taillefer is an old scoundrel it is said that he murdered one of his friends at the time of the revolution he is one of your comedians that sets up to have opinions of his own he is a banker senior partner in the house of frederic taillefer and company he has one son and means to leave all he has to the boy to the prejudice of victorine for my part i don't like to see injustice of this sort i am like don quixote i have a fancy for defending the weak against the strong if it should please god to take that youth away from him taillefer would have only his daughter left 
he would want to leave his money to some one or other an absurd notion but it is only human nature and he is not likely to have any more children as i know victorine is gentle and amiable she will soon twist her father round her fingers and set his head spinning like a german top by plying him with sentiment she will be too much touched by your devotion to forget you you will marry her i mean to play providence for you and providence is to do my will i have a friend whom i have attached closely to myself a colonel in the army of the loire who has just been transferred into the garde royale he has taken my advice and turned ultra-royalist he is not one of those fools who never change their opinions of all pieces of advice my cherub i would give you this don't stick to your opinions any more than to your words if anyone asks you for them let him have them at a price a man who prides himself on going in a straight line through life is an idiot who believes in infallibility there are no such things as principles there are only events and there are no laws but those of expediency a man of talent accepts events and the circumstances in which he finds himself and turns everything to his own ends if laws and principles were fixed and invariable nations would not change them as readily as we change our shirts the individual is not obliged to be more particular than the nation a man whose services to france have been of the very slightest is a fetish looked on with superstitious awe because he has always seen everything in red but he is good at the most to be put into the museum of arts and crafts among the automatic machines and labelled lafayette while the prince at whom everybody flings a stone the man who despises humanity so much that he spits as many oaths as he is asked for in the face of humanity saved france from being torn in pieces at the congress of vienna and they who should have given him laurels fling mud at him oh, i know something of affairs i can tell you i have the secrets of many men enough when i find three minds in agreement as to the application of a principle i shall have a fixed and immovable opinion i shall have to wait a long while first in the tribunals you will not find three judges of the same opinion on a single point of law to return to the man i was telling you of he would crucify jesus christ again if i bade him at a word from his old chum vautrin he will pick a quarrel with a scamp that will not send so much as five francs to his sister poor girl and here vautrin rose to his feet and stood like a fencing-master about to lunge turn him off into the dark he added how frightful said eugene you do not really mean it monsieur vautrin you are joking there there keep cool said the other don't behave like a baby but if you find any amusement in it be indignant flare up say that i am a scoundrel a rascal a rogue a bandit but do not call me a blackleg nor a spy there out with it fire away i forgive you it is quite natural at your age i was like that myself once 
Only remember this, you will do worse things yourself some day. You will flirt with some pretty woman and take her money. You have thought of that, of course, said Vautrin, for how are you to succeed unless love is laid under contribution? There are no two ways about virtue, my dear student. It either is or it is not. Talk of doing penance for your sins. It is a nice system of business when you pay for your crime by an act of contrition. You seduce a woman that you may set your foot on such and such a rung of the social ladder. You sow dissension among the children of a family. You descend, in short, to every base action that can be committed at home or abroad to gain your own ends for your own pleasure or your profit. And can you imagine that these are acts of faith, hope, or charity? How is it that a dandy, who in a night has robbed a boy of half his fortune, gets only a couple of months in prison, while a poor devil who steals a banknote for a thousand francs, with aggravating circumstances, is condemned to penal servitude? Those are your laws. Not a single provision but lands you in some absurdity. That man with yellow gloves and a golden tongue commits many a murder. He sheds no blood, but he drains his victim's veins as surely. A desperado forces open a door with a crowbar, dark deeds, both of them. You yourself will do every one of those things that I suggest to you today, bar the bloodshed. Do you believe that there is any absolute standard in this world? Despise mankind and find out the meshes that you can slip through in the net of the code. The secret of a great success for which you are at a loss to account is a crime that has never been found out because it was properly executed. Silence, sir. I will not hear any more. You make me doubt myself. At this moment my sentiments are all my science. Just as you please, my fine fellow. I did not think you were so weak-minded, said Vautrin. I shall say no more about it. One last word, however, and he looked hard at the student. You have my secret, he said. A young man who refuses your offer knows that he must forget it. Quite right, quite right. I am glad to hear you say so. Somebody else might not be so scrupulous, you see. Keep in mind what I want to do for you. I will give you a fortnight. The offer is still open. What a head of iron the man has, said Eugène to himself, as he watched Vautrin walk unconcernedly away with his cane under his arm. Yet Madame de Beauseant said as much, more gracefully, he has only stated the case in cruder language. He would tear my heart with claws of steel. What made me think of going to Madame de Nucingen? He guessed my motives before I knew them myself. To sum it up, that outlaw has told me more about virtue than all I have learned from men and books. If virtue admits of no compromises, I have certainly robbed my sisters, he said, throwing down the bags on the table. He sat down again and fell, unconscious of his surroundings, into deep thought. To be faithful to an ideal of virtue, a heroic martyrdom. Pshaw! Everyone believes in virtue, but who is virtuous? 
nations have made an idol of liberty but what nation on the face of the earth is free my youth is still like a blue and cloudless sky if i set myself to obtain wealth or power does it mean that i must make up my mind to lie and fawn and cringe and swagger and flatter and dissemble to consent to be the servant of others who have likewise fawned and lied and flattered must i cringe to them before i can hope to be their accomplice well then i decline i mean to work nobly and with a single heart i will work day and night i will owe my fortune to nothing but my own exertions it may be the slowest of all roads to success but i shall lay my head on the pillow at night untroubled by evil thoughts is there a greater thing than this to look back over your life and know that it is stainless as a lily i and my life are like a young man and his betrothed vautrin has put before me all that comes after ten years of marriage the devil my head is swimming i do not want to think at all the heart is a sure guide End of chapter nine